our home and that they would still be worshiping you from home, but uh, safely. And Lord, um, we ask that you be with all of us, Lord, this whole church. Each situation that's going on in everybody's lives, there's so much go that goes on in people's lives. And we ask that you would continue to be working in all those situations. And we thank you for all that you do do because we know you are always up to great things no matter what goes on around us. And Lord, this church, we're, we're looking for, we need a pastor here. And Lord, we ask that you would have the right person come to be here, be the pastor, and that you would just be working in everybody around us, be working in this church, preparing everybody here for the person that you have planned. And that you would be preparing that person, whoever it might be, that when the time comes, that they would be ready to be here as the pastor that you have planned. We know you have great plans, Lord, and we, we look forward to all that you are doing. And Lord, with the rest of the service, I ask that you would be speaking through me, that you would give me the words that you want me to say, and that you would be speaking to each of us in our hearts and our minds, that would be looking for what you have in store for our lives how we can better serve you, becoming the people that you want us to be. Lord, thank you for just always being there for us, always working, and Lord, not being afraid to pull us out of our comfort zones too. In Jesus' name, amen. So I throw up my hands and praise you again. Thank you, worship team. Hello, everybody. I think we had uh, almost as many here for uh, the men's breakfast. We had a good crowd, but um, it's good to see everybody here in church. Glad everybody made it through the snow. It's just snow. We live here. That's what we do, right? But uh, I understand those who uh, opted to stay home instead. Uh, I know we've got a, a larger than uh, normal number watching online. We're glad you joined us. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, I just have a few announcements. Uh, ladies' breakfast is two Saturdays from now. And uh, if you have any questions about that, you can ask my lovely wife in the back. And uh, say, yeah, that's you, Deb. Uh, and that'll be 10 o'clock, and it's bring food, right, for that one. Uh, let's see. On the 20th of January, it's a Saturday night. We're going to do a church game night. Um, That'll be around 5 o'clock, and we'll probably order some pizzas and bring your favorite board games, and we'll have fun. Kind of low-key, low-tech, but uh, should be fun. So plan on that um, just in a couple weeks. And let's see, did I miss anything else? There's not a, yeah, our tithes and offerings. 
we thank you for continuing to give to support the ministries of the church. Uh, you can uh, give your donations either in the drop boxes or online, and we appreciate that. Uh, we also support a couple overseas missionaries. You know, I always talk about that. Um, and we have a separate budget that we use to support those three families uh, overseas. So thank you for that. Jessica is going to bring the scripture, right? Is that because the person that you had lined up isn't here because of snow? <laughs> oh, because you didn't do it. That's okay. I won't, I won't tell anybody that at all. <laughs> now everybody in the church knows that. That's the way life is sometimes, right? <laughs> so today is 1 Corinthians 12, 15 through 21. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. All right, I brought my prepackaged poison this time. <laughs> Thank you, Warren, last time. Um, but the, yeah, the last two times I've been here, I had just gotten over a cold. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm all good. You know, I'm not having any trouble talking. Then as soon as I get up front, I start coughing. It's like, great. So Warren just keeps giving me poison, so I, I keep having this problem. Um, I know. You can't get rid of me that easy. I, I, I have all sorts of problems, Warren. And it's a struggle sometimes to live, but there's one thing about me. I'm like a cockroach. I keep coming back. You can't get rid of me that easy. Oh, <laughs> all right. Um, so, verse twenty again. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. As, and you can think like, what's the body of Christ? Because that's a little bit of a weird thing. And sometimes we don't realize. What is it? They call it Christianese because we have all these Christian things that we say that not everybody, even some of the Christians, are like, what? What is that? Um, but the body of Christ, it's like the body of believers, a church family, the family of God, um, the embodiment of Christ, because we are his hands and feet, right? And uh, Christ's representatives, that's what we are. When we are the body of Christ or the body of believers, we are the church. We are Christ's followers. We come together to make up the body of Christ. We are doing God's work all around us because he empowers us to do that right we join the family of god we become the body of christ and um, another scripture first john 4 12 no one has ever seen god but if we love one another god loves it lives in us and his love is made complete in us so when we love other people god's love is being made complete in us it's like you can't just come to church just 
and that like that's it. You can't just do that. You actually have to be living out the life that God wants for us. Because uh, like what what kind of river you know only has stuff flowing in? Well, that's not that's not much of a river. That's a, a piling up water. And uh, a river also doesn't just have water going out of it because it's going to run out of water, right? We are, we are so much more than that. And so we have to be soaking up all that God has for us, but also be dishing that out, spreading it through the rest of the world, all these things that God has been giving us. So, um, but if we love one another, God is living in us and his love is made complete in us. But also this first part, no one has ever seen God. We don't see God physically here working, right? But we see each other doing God's work. And we get to minister to each other. We encourage each other. We help each other out. We give guidance when needed. Sometimes we give guidance when it's not needed. But, you know, we're not perfect. But we, we see God work through us. Other people see God work through us. And so we come together, we are the body of Christ doing the work that God has for us. Um, but we have to work together, right? Otherwise, it doesn't go very well. You know, we, we love God, we love others, and we're spreading the good news. But not everybody, not one person can do everything. You just can't do that. God wants, uh, I talked about uh, a few months ago, how God wants to put the pieces of our lives back together. And Franklin tearing apart an orange for me. And uh, then I, I asked him to put it back together. He gave up. And, uh, but God wants to put those pieces of our lives back together after the world tears us apart. But he often uses people to do that, right? God doesn't physically come here and do all the things that he needs. He gets us to do it for him. And that's, you know, it, I think of Jonah is an obvious example where Jonah came to help people by telling them what God had to say to Nineveh. But God was doing a whole lot of work, I think, in Jonah's heart through that process because Jonah was not a happy prophet. And so when we, uh, when we minister to other people, God is working inside of us too, but we get to see God work when we are doing the work. And what happens if we don't do the work, if we're not living for God, if we're not um, being his hands and feet? Sometimes we just don't get to see God's work get done. Sometimes God will do it without us. And if God had done that without Jonah, I don't think Jonah, Jonah would have been the most bitter prophet, I think. And not a very good prophet, right? Um, <clears throat> so I got my tool bag. And uh, in here, there's all sorts of stuff, right? So I got my level. It's good to have people that are level-headed, right? Stay cool and difficult situations. You got gloves. I, this is one of my new pairs of gloves that I got at Christmas. Um, hardy gloves, by the way. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so, you know, gloves, they protect your hands, right? You're working with sharp things like wire. Oh, that stuff, really. That pokes and it makes you bleed. And uh, I, don't, I don't need any help bleeding. And uh, you got hammers because uh, really... You need sometimes, you need somebody who's strong and forceful to get the things done that need to get done. And, uh, you know, square, well, we're not supposed to be, you know, be, be there, be square. So this square is rectangle or triangle. I'm a cockroach. You can't get rid of me. God uses me too. <laughs> 
you got screwdrivers and like this screwdriver, it's one of those ones where like you can change it. So, you know, depending on the situation, you sometimes you need people that are handy in various situations. And uh, actually, I, I, oh no, it's not in here. I got all sorts of stuff. And then, uh, you know, pliers and different kinds of pliers and you got this little thing, you know, all these keys here and uh, you got uh, tiny little screwdrivers because you need tiny little screwdrivers for some things. You get pencils and um, I got... Oh, safety glasses. I got a little hammer in here, too. Sometimes, you know, you don't need a big hammer. But uh, this, this is something else I got for Christmas. Yes, this has to do with the message. And um, so I got this, this, it's a little, it's a tiny little hammer. A tiny little thing. And uh, it comes apart, and it, it's, uh, so it's got pliers. Because some people, they're really handy. I'm comparing this to the body of Christ, if you didn't get that. So, and I get, uh, oh, there's uh, all sorts of little gadgets. It's like a multi-tool, but it's also a hammer. I actually broke a multi-tool this year. I didn't know you could do that. I, I, I did, so I broke it. Um, yeah, so I got, I got all sorts of things here because really, and, and like I said, like I got a bunch of screwdrivers, but I got different ones because we all have a part in the family of God. We all have a part when we come together. Nobody is exactly the same. And God will use each of us differently than he will use other people. And so, we, and, and, and if we're missing a level, we're going to have some problems. If we don't have a hammer, a little hammer, a multi-tool hammer, we don't have any hammers, things aren't going to get done either. We need all of these parts of the body. And so if everybody was an ear... Well, you wouldn't think that being all ears was a bad thing, but sometimes it is. And if everybody was an eye or everybody was a nose, it just doesn't go well. There is all these different parts of the body, and we need them all. We need all of us. And um, so we need each of these things. And I was thinking about this quote um, from uh, St. Francis of Assisi. Preach the gospel at all times, when necessary, use words. Because we don't always need to use words. Sometimes it's simply action. Sometimes it is simply being the person that God wants us to be. You ever see somebody and they don't necessarily, like, you don't know them that well, but they have actually had an important part in helping you be who you are. And sometimes you just see somebody and they're such a good godly example of what it means to live like Christ, to follow Jesus, and you can follow that example. Sometimes it is simply living our lives for God. And I think about um, uh, a guy when I was at um, Kingswood, uh, going to university there, uh, there was a guy there. He, he had used used to be a pastor, and he still does some pastoring, but uh, at a, uh, filling in at a small church, but there was all sorts of um, times when he would just, he'd take me along for these adventures, and they were adventures, and he had all these handy projects that he was doing, and he would take me along with all of these, and he did this for a lot of different students, and he would mentor us all along the way, and so I'm having a great time learning handy skills but also learning more about what it means to follow Jesus as we went. It was really good. Um, but I, something else about all these different tools, when they're used together, because you have one person that, you know, you have one person that usually has a tool bag. Also, you need a tool bag or 
toolbox. I have my toolboxes at camp. Um, but uh, you need something to hold all these things together. But ultimately, you need someone to guide all of these. And that can't be a person, right? That has to be God. And God will use us to work together as we live for him and serve him and love the world around us and, and love each other, of course. But um, we have this kind of unity that you can't get anywhere else. When we work together with God's Holy Spirit guiding us, God is living inside of us, and he will fill us with so many things. And so as we live for him, following the power that he has put inside of us, the Holy Spirit guiding us, guiding us and empowering us to live for him, we have this kind of unity where we're all working on our side projects, and we're working on the big projects together, and we're doing all of these things, but God is helping us as we all work together for the same purpose. We all work together because we want to see God's will done here on earth just as it is in heaven. And you can't get that when you're seeing... You ever see people try to work together? It doesn't always go well. It's like, what are they doing? It's like you get more, too many brains put together and you're losing brain cells. And you, you had one person, great. You had two people, even better. You start adding more, and it's like the quality is going down here. Sometimes you just need God. We can do some things on our own, but we need God to truly guide us. He unites us for his purpose. And also, again, with the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we have a potential that is unmatched. We can do so much more for God, with God, than we could ever do without God. You ever see somebody and you're like, wow, they got a lot of talent. That's a really talented person. Just imagine if they are doing all of that for God. Because then it switches from simply talent to God-empowered work. God is doing things through them. God can do so much more through them than they can ever do by themselves. Um, and, and, and you ever try just imagining if we, like everybody, okay, and everybody who's not in here physically, but everybody in the church, if we all gave God 100%, gave Him everything we have, and we all work together for one purpose, can you imagine the unity and the potential of all the things that could get done? No, you can't, by the way. You actually can't, because it says in the Bible, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can imagine. So you go ahead and imagine it. Think of all the things that this church might be able to do if we truly gave God 100% and to 100% followed him perfectly, doing his will, letting God work just as he wants to do, then he will do even more than we can even imagine. And sometimes we get to see the impossible happen. And just imagine then if all the churches around the world and all the people, everyone who says they follow Jesus, if they were giving God 100%. Now, I'm not trying to say like we're bad Christians because we're not giving God 100%. But we're always improving, right? Uh, we, we think we're giving more and more to God. And then it's like the closer you get to God, is the, the first, it's like you're getting closer to God. But the more you know about God, the more you know who he is, it's like, you, you know less and less. It's like, you have, like God is so unimaginably powerful, knowing he, he is truly incredible. 
And the closer we get to him, it's like the more we see how beyond our comprehension he is. Um, I think about a musical or a movie. You know, you get lots of people that come together, right? And uh, anybody, anybody ever been part of a, a musical or some other kind of production? You get lots of people going together. Um, you know, I, I almost went to Warren's concert one time. I didn't make it. <laughs> I, I feel guilty about it, okay? We were planning to go, and then things came up. Um, but uh, you have lots of people involved in these things. And so you have, and, and thinking of like a movie, you have people that have the speaking roles. You have the set design. You have the writers. You have the advertising. You have the, the people doing the sound and the video. <clears throat> you have the, the costume design people. And don't forget the popcorn Popcorn, that, it's really good popcorn that they make. And Gwen, she loves popcorn. She's actually mastering how to make movie theater popcorn. Um, and so, like, you put all these things together, and it is what it is at the end. <clears throat> and uh, now I don't want you to think that God's the writer, because God's not really the writer. Really what he does is he has designed each of us as his, master wor- uh, his handiwork, his masterpiece, And so uh, we're actually, like, we have free will, right? We get to make a lot of decisions along the way. A lot of decisions. I don't like the decisions. I wish he'd kind of just tell me exactly what I'm supposed to do. But no, he gives us free will whether we like it or not. And uh, and usually we like it. But um, as we, uh, where where was I? Getting distracted. Oh, yeah. But think of it more like this. We are more like the, the big movie star. You ever see those movie stars that they actually have a part in writing the story or they, they write part of what's going on? They, they have some part in the process. That's like us when we work with God. But then when it comes down to the really important things or the really big deals or things that we just we're missing something, we don't know all the information. God will then say to us, hey, by the way, this is what you need to be doing. And that's what we got to listen real carefully. But um, I'm thinking about spiritual gifts. Um, talents and spiritual gifts, they're not the same thing. God gives us spiritual gifts. Everybody know what a spiritual gift is? Do you know what your spiritual gift is? Every person who follows God has at least one spiritual gift. And there's lists in the Bible of these spiritual gifts that, that uh, God gives us, including in, in uh, this passage, 1 Corinthians 12. And we all have spiritual gifts. And it's a, a spiritual gift is God's Holy Spirit inside of us. If we are truly following God, He has empowered us to do amazing things. Like everybody gets talents. We're all God's handiwork. But those of us who are saying to God, I want to live for you. I want to give you 100%. Help me to live for you and to do your work and love people the way that you love me. Then we have a spiritual gift that we can use. Um, Some of the spiritual gifts, it's like prophets. I think of Elijah calling down fire from heaven. That's pretty amazing. Anybody here ever do that? I, I haven't either. Maybe someday. That'd be really cool if somebody did that. Um, and Jonah bringing a message of, from God to the uh, Ninevites. Um, there's pastors. I think of Pastor Paul. He's a really good one. Or as, what did, what did you call him? This, the other guy earlier? <laughs> the other guy. I'm like, you mean Pastor Paul? And we all know Pastor Paul, right? And so Pastor Paul, I think about him. Because when I was growing up, 
my church for a couple periods of time did not have a pastor. And Pastor Paul basically was our pastor. And he came, he ministered to us, and he did all sorts of stuff for us. He was there for us. I know he was there for me quite a bit. And so Pastor Paul, he's not just done this for my church. He's done that for this church some. And the last church where I was working, he also does that some there where he's helped out there. And when I, when I uh, got to know Gwen and her family, I'm like, wait, you guys knew Pastor Paul too? He'd been ministering to you guys too? Like this guy, he's all over the place. He has ministered to so many people. But it's his heart that he has to serve people the way that God wants him to. And that, he has a spiritual gift of serving people with this pastoral heart. And uh, you have people who have a teaching gift. Um, people have told me that I must have a teaching gift. They tell me I'm a very teachy kind of preacher. Um, and uh, you have evangelists. How many of us, because we're all supposed to be telling people about Jesus, right? How many of us consider us good at telling others about Jesus? I'm going to put my hand down. <laughs> Again, I'm an extreme introvert, and God has to pull me so far out of my comfort zone to get me here. And whew. So, but um, there, there's this guy that I know. Wherever he goes, you never know when he's going to be telling somebody about God. He's just so good at it. It comes so naturally to him. So like one time, uh, I, I heard, they were telling me this, his friends were telling me a story about when he was at an airport, and they're like, man, what happened to Jason? Where did he go? Like, we're supposed to be getting on the plane. Well, they go looking for him. He's at the desk, and the person's in tears, the person behind the desk, and he's telling them about Jesus, and they're like, you have no idea how much I needed this today. And they're like, wherever he goes, that's what he's doing. No, nobody's good at that. I'm not that good at it, but, you know, God calls us out of our comfort zone. You know, there's a reason why we have, like, one spiritual gift. We don't get them all. We're not all good at everything. Um, there's, um, there's a, and you're like, well, these all sound like pastors and stuff, Tyler. Like, what do you... Like, how about me? Well, there is a guy. Did you realize there's a guy in the Old Testament who he is, he is written about for his uh, craftiness. You know, he, he was going to be working on the temple of God that they were making and God, or, or on the tabernacle, I'm sorry, and, in the, and on the tabernacle that they were making. And he's, God's like, you need this person. Because this guy has skills that nobody else has. This person, he had the, the spiritual gifts of being a craftsman, doing these things that nobody else could do. There's people that have a spiritual gift of um, adapting to wherever they are, missionaries, uh, wherever they may be. And uh, you have other people who have spiritual gifts of, um, of giving. Uh, I, I was thinking about uh, R.G. Letourneau. You ever hear about him? And uh, so this guy, he, when he started, he was giving 10% of all that he had to God and, and living off of the other 90%. That sound familiar? That, that's just, that's tithing. And, um, which is not normal for other people, but, um, and then as God blessed him, he started giving God 20% and living off of 80%. You ever see somebody that they're just so generous in all that they do? This guy, he had the gift of giving. And by the end of his life, he was living on 10% and giving God 90%. How do you do that? And he was still a multimillionaire. 
He had this gift of giving. And what he would say was, I shovel out the money and God keeps shoveling it back. God has a bigger shovel. That's just the truth of it. And, and we each have some way that God has gifted us to serve other people in the church and in the rest of the world around us. We each have a part to play. We each have a purpose. We have these spiritual gifts that we can do things that no one else can do. And God, sometimes we'll get somebody else to do it if you're really not going to do it. But as we live for God, we get to see him use us. He uses us to do amazing things and make a difference in people's lives. There are so many stories of ways that God has used people like this. And you think about like talents again. Ta a talent is more like a screwdriver, right? A screwdriver, very handy, do all sorts of things, even adapt, you know. But this is more like a talent. And when it's a spiritual gift, when you see that it's a spiritual gift, you're more like a screw gun. Because when we live for God, we are empowered by him to do things immeasurably more than we could ever imagine. I'm going to stop playing with those. So we go from being like a, a screwdriver to being a power drill. When we are living for God, letting him use us however he wants to. There's a lot of times where I'm not good about saying yes to Jesus. When he says, I want you to do such and such. Oh, like, wait, are you sure? I don't, no, I don't think I'm, I don't think Jesus is talking to me. La, 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 la. Like, like, I'm not very good a lot of the time about listening to Jesus, but there are a few times where I have. I've actually been really good. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for helping me say yes. It's because sometimes I think God's just like taking us by the hand. Uh, all right, now say yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, you know it's a good idea. You know, God's saying yeah. If God says you should do it, you should do it. What, one of the times that I said yes, and I'm so glad that I did, is when God got me to preach the first time. It blew my mind because I couldn't do any public speaking before that. And really, I'm still not good at public speaking if I'm not doing it for God. So God gets me up here to do something I never even thought would ever. Like, it's not my talent, that's for sure. But God has made it my spiritual gift. And sometimes our talents that we have are not the same as the gifts that God gives us. And I heard about this guy one time who he was a great business leader. But the talent of leadership is not the same as the gift of leadership. And so this guy, well, he was a mediocre leader when it came to ministry stuff because when we live for God, it's not the same as the business world. Thinking the Pirates of the Caribbean, just good business. That is not how God works at all. It is not just good business. It is God's love that he has. Um, thinking of Ephesians 4, it says, uh, as a prisoner of the, this is Paul writing when he's a prisoner, he says, as a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Again, this perfect unity that we have when we are following the Holy Spirit's guidance. But to each one of us, grace has been given um, 
as Christ apportioned it. And then it goes on to say some of the spiritual gifts. And uh, some of the spiritual gifts are to equip other people to do the work that God has for us to do. And then it says, um, until we reach unity in the faith and in knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. How many of us are really living with the whole measure of all that Jesus has for us? How many of us are really living with that? I want more of that, but it's not like a simple thing where you just say like, Lord, help me to live for you more. Because it's a challenge, right? It's challenging living for God. God. God guides us and he gives us the strength and encouragement that we need along the way, but it's not easy giving God 100%. We all have a place in the body of Christ. We all have a place here. We all have a place when we follow God. We all have a story of what God has done in our lives and what he's going to do someday too. And we all have these talents, but more importantly, we have spiritual gifts that God has given us. We all have a purpose in the body of Christ. But will we choose to live every day to the fullest and be who God knows we can be? Will we choose that every day? And I'm thinking about this scripture in Ephesians. I was thinking about this for, for me and, and thinking about how really it's for all of us. But will we choose to live a life worthy of the calling that God has given us? He has a calling for each of us. Some way that he wants each of us to serve him. Are we willing to truly do that? Are you ready for the whole measure of the fullness of God? Are you ready to do your part that God is calling you to do? Am I ready to do the whole part that God is calling me to do? And I was thinking about for me, like, I want to keep working on my relationship with God. I want to keep working on these things that I'm supposed to be doing for God. And I want to keep on working on staying out of God's way and letting Him do the work that He wants to do through me and through all of us. It's not about us. It's not about our plans. It's not about our talents. It's about God. His will, His love, and His power that He has. Are we ready to do that? And it's, it's so easy to think, like, well, somebody else is going to do it. But, like, for each of us, God has a plan. He has a purpose for us. Are we willing? Are we ready? And I was thinking, you know, I, we can say that we're ready. But we have to be ready to accept that we're really never ready. I was thinking about Joseph this morning. I was doing my devotions this morning, and I just happened to be going through the story of Joseph. And Joseph, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. And then he spends the next 13 years as a slave and then a prisoner, a prisoner because he had been doing everything right as a slave. He was wrongfully thrown into prison. So you think, like, this guy, he can be mad. He could be real mad. He could be frustrated with just how life has gone for him and all the ways that people have messed up his life. And then a total of 15 years later, he finally gets to see his family again when they're coming to Egypt because they need help. But God has since then, in those last two years of those 15 years, he has made him uh, number two in all of Egypt. Only Pharaoh himself is above Joseph at the end of that. And what Joseph says 
to his brothers is, don't be upset with yourselves because what you did to me was actually so that God could save lives. God used Joseph to save lives. And we can say, Lord, I am ready to live for you. I am ready to give you 100%. But we have to be ready to know it. It's not always easy. Because we can get through that and say, well, why do I have to go through these 13 years of difficulty and ultimately 15 years before I get to see my family again? But God has a good plan. I was just thinking it was incredible. The heavenly mindset that Joseph had, that he knew all these things that he had just endured for the last 15 years was so that God would have his will, his way on earth as it is in heaven. And not just so that God could feed all these people. God used Joseph to share God's glory and to show people God's glory in Egypt, in the surrounding area, and to his family that this is what God does. He always provides a way. Let's pray. Lord, whatever it is that we're going through, or whatever it is that we will face, help us to always live for you. Help us to give you 100%. And to always keep in mind that we do this together. We do this as the body of Christ. We can't do this on our own. Not one person, not a couple people. Lord, we do this together as we, the church, follow you. Help us to give you 100%. Lord, if we don't know what our spiritual gift is, help us to figure that out to explore and find out what way you have for us to serve. And Lord, thank you that you have a part for all of us. Even when we might not be sure that we have a part or some way that we can serve, you always have a way. Lord, you include us in amazing works. Thank you for that. And thank you for all that you have in store for us. Just continue to help us to be more and more a part of all that you have planned. Amen.
If we don't know, if we're not sure like, what it is that God has for us and how we can serve Him, we got to figure that out. We got to find that out. We got to talk to others. Because God has a way for each of us to make a difference in the world, whatever it is. And the, the, what it says in that song For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me for every eye to see. When people look to us, do they see us serving with the love that God has filled us with? Are we living like that so that when people look to us, they see that God is burning a fire inside of us, doing immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine? God is awesome, but let's be a part of that awesomeness so that other people can see more of who God is. Have a great week.
飞。